What's up, everybody? This is Mario Maitland, also known as Rio. Make sure you go like and subscribe to our channel below so you don't miss out on any of this great content going forward. Gentlemen, got an- yet another episode of What's Next with Rio's podcast series. Uh, before we get into anything, I would like to, you know, just thank all my viewers for, you know, sub- continuing to support us. It's been a a long journey, but you know we're we're looking forward to keep growing and improving as we go on. So we got yet another great guest. I've been on his show called Lexington Business Show. I'm sure you guys heard of it. Uh, it's a very popular show in the Lexington area. It's his podcast. So you know he's the owner of Branded Seventy Eight, which is a media production company that creates you know various content for business uh, for. Uh, social media influencers or anything like that you know he's creating content so go check that out um and like i said he's the host of lexington business podcast show so uh make sure you go check that out welcome to the show my man (laughs) yeah i appreciate it yeah it's fun to always be on this side of uh being a guest instead of hosting isn't it weird i appreciate you no it it is weird it's weird because like you don't have to be like in two places at once listening and thinking about what's coming next yeah and you could just be you and answer but it is it's always weird because it's like you're the one under the microscope you know exactly yeah when when we're done with this episode i'm gonna ask you which one do you prefer being the guest or being the host (laughs) i want to see what your answer is yeah i'll (laughs) let you know depends how much you uh you bang me around on this thing you know i got you man i'll try to do my best (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right, man. So go ahead and, you know, introduce yourself. You know, I know you're from uh, South Carolina. You know, you spent a little bit of time in Pittsburgh as well. You know, where you're I can call you a Pittsburgh native. Uh, So uh, talk about your your upbringing in Pittsburgh and what was that like? Well, so I was born and raised in South Carolina, um, actually, but spent a ton of time in the Pittsburgh area. Most of my family is from uh, the surrounding suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So grew up uh, a Pens fan, Steelers fan, Pirates fan, a uh, Pitt fan, you know, all things Pittsburgh sports. I've got a younger sister by about six and a half years. Um, I did a lot of music and stuff when I was wow. growing up. A lot of like concert band kind of things. Yeah, I largely have a music background, actually. Um, I went to the University of South Carolina, studied music education and percussion performance, Uh, got that degree, went out to Colorado State, um, got a master's in music performance as well in percussion. And then that's actually how I got here to Kentucky. I got a doctorate from UK in percussion performance as well. And uh, something that's really interesting about that whole journey and how does that really segue into something like marketing is... Musicians are always marketing themselves. We're always out there trying to fight for the next gig, whether it's writing, teaching, performing, criticizing, like in a review type situation, serving on committees, things of that nature. And um, so marketing yourself as a sole proprietor basically is, you know, uh, in your bones, if you will, if you're a musician. And, uh, you know, especially in the classical music field, you're always out there trying to create your own opportunities. So you... You are having to drive your activities and not just sit around and wait. There are not a lot of activities to just sit around and wait for. So you really do have to go make them. Um, and you know, with the current sort of situation with college and the student loan debt bubble and things that we know are going to burst, 
especially during COVID, we see that the brand of college is really kind of overrated. Yeah. Going to college to go into the dorm to sleep and spend $25,000 a year to do so. Uh, when we know that we could just sit at home and kind of learn and live life in between those courses. Um, you know, all these things, we've been seeing this coming for a long time if you're paying attention in academia. And so it became not a place that I really wanted to be. I mean, there's a lot of infighting, if you will, with faculty members and things of that nature. Um, schools are kind of forced to in a lot of ways, forced to teach certain things to just make sure that kids are constantly coming into the programs right? rather than teaching what, what's practical and actually applicable in their industries. So anyway, for all those reasons, I started having a lot less fun doing music and having a lot more fun helping other people figure out marketing stuff. Again, I was creating content, filming things um, in the music world, and then my wife started doing some things in retail and... Um, with the retail stuff, I was having a lot of fun helping her with marketing some things, you know, whether it's music or retail, or if it's a business, if it's a restaurant, we're all dealing with just people. I started doing things on my own as Arve Media, actually. And then uh, I had a buddy in town that used to own one of the uh, popular barbecue joints here. He put me in, in a room with two other people, knowing that the three of us were doing a lot with creating content in online media. Uh, and so the three of us that he put us in a room with, we figured out pretty quickly that we had what the others needed, if that made sense. So right. we put our heads together in this like three-headed monster kind of situation and became branded 78 um, and started getting clients as the three of us running the company. And, uh, you know, fast forward through COVID, life style and changes and financial and family decisions and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so those two partners exited the company and I took over a hundred percent of operations. So, uh, that's kind of where we are today. And I'm giving you like the quick and dirty from South Carolina to today. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and then it. with branded 78, basically it, it, roughly the same time we decided that well, we need some sort of sales mechanism here locally. Like we all know people, but they don't know that we're doing branded 78 things. So what can exactly. we do? We decided that a podcast would be a really fascinating and interesting way to be able to sit down with people um, and build a platform as sort of like a non-salesy sales mechanism. So if there were people in town that we wanted to know and have a relationship with in business that maybe we thought we could be a good partner together, we'd be able to just reach out to them and say, hey, you want to come on our show? Uh, by being able to sit in a room with those people for 30 minutes, an hour, you get FaceTime with them. They're 100% focused on you. You get to really learn about each other. Um, and it really made sense for us to uh, to build out that plot, the podcast, and it looks like our live failed yeah. us. <laughs> it might be on me because um, battery. But go ahead, go ahead. Oh, it's all good. Yeah, I think it ended on your end, but I'll keep going. But yeah, so we created the Lexington Business Show again as a platform and basically did like, I don't know why people say this phrase, but this is what came to mind, eating our own dog food, if you will. Okay. Um, but like if we're going to go out there and if we're going to tell clients that they should make content for the internet and, and so on, then we need to be doing the same thing and kind of proving out our thesis and what we're saying to them. Right. And so... Uh, that's what the Lexington business show really is. It's going out, creating long form content 
also that part sales component, like I said, being able to sit down with people we otherwise wouldn't have an excuse to, to speak with, um, and be able to take that long form content and chop it up into smaller pieces for social media and, uh, you know, to also serve the community and share interesting stories by the people and companies that are here in this community. Makes sense. Makes sense. Talk about the uh, process. Obviously, you talked about, you know, with Branded 78, the company, media production company that you have. Yep. You started out with two partners and then you guys, they kind of branched off, obviously. And then you were the single, yep. you know, owner. Uh, talk about how is that process of, you know, adjusting to be the, you know, main figure, the main, main guy and in, in playing in that role. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it was September of 2020 and the company was only about 13 months old officially on paper and September 2020 comes and we're on this three-way phone call, which is not unusual for us to be on a conference call right. at any hour of the day. Um, but this one was unique because they were like, yeah, so want to let you know <laughs> that circumstances and blah, 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 we're going to both be exiting right now. Uh, and so immediately I remember this was like, I'm standing in our backyard. We just had dinner and it's like, you know, we just started, I mean, March of 2020, we had a lot of things that were lined up to start. So right. super exciting time. And obviously the perfect time for a pandemic to come in and wipe it all out, you know, oh my <laughs> or wipe goodness. out a lot of what was going to happen. Um, and so September came and, you know, like we lost, I think maybe one or two clients, but for the most part, everybody else was still good. Business was either stable for them or actually growing, you know, depending Sweet. on what their vertical is. A lot of people actually did pretty well. Absolutely. So anyway, September came, get this, get this message that they're going to leave. And, you know, it's like ice kind of going through your veins of like, Oh God, <laughs> um, like, what does that mean? Cause it's like, I knew my role and everything I was doing. I know what they were doing, yeah. but then to have to absorb those tasks, um, you know, sort of revamp my day to day and what that looks like and everything else. It's, it's a little, uh, little frightening for a second, but I've always been, I mean, it, if there's one thing about like that whole music background that I have, it's how to just figure out how to be a professional as freaking quickly as you can, because you don't have any other choice. Like you're standing on stage and you're performing and something happens. Like, like I was saying, I'm like, I'm a percussionist. What happens if your stick breaks? What happens if the instrument falls apart? You going to stand there and cry about it. Or is the crowd going to like, they're going to demand that you continue going here. Right. So like very quickly you figure that skill out of how to just continue going. And it's like the same thing here do you, where it's do like, you think cool, that this, do you think that it's like, do ahead. you think experience has like a little bit to do with it? You know, obviously oh, you might not be in a situation yeah. that, that, uh, you're, you're accustomed to, but you know, uh, like you said, you got to keep going. Do you think experience like, you know, uh, all right, I might not know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to, tip my feet in and see what happens and eventually in the yeah. long run you get that experience and then you know you get better at it do you think that has that i'm sure that has something to do with it yeah i mean of course i pulled from things that i already experienced that were in that kind of um sensation of you know getting yanked into something that you was very unexpected um 
so drawing from that experience, yeah, it's like, first of all, that's one of those things where people talk about failure being a thing where you learn and it's not really a negative. It is, but it isn't, right? So certainly through previous failures, uh, which sucked to go through, in that moment in September 2020, two partners exiting, you know, I just immediately remember those kind of failures in remembering, okay, take a breath. What's the very next step? Don't try to see, you know, I, one of the things I remember kind of walking myself through was like, don't try to see the next six months or three years or anything like that. Just see t like the next hour. <laughs> like right. what is the next step? A great mindset. Uh, what is that next? Like just constantly, just what is that one next step? Whether it's the perfect step or the right step or whatever, it's like just focus on that. Um, you said it. I mean, like, you know, focusing on the now is just as as important. I, I think it's even more as important than worrying about, you know, the future, the long road. Cause, I mean, you, you don't know what's really going to happen in the future. <laughs> like, no one knows. I mean, you only can control what you can do, like, right. in the next hour, uh, later in the day, you know, even the tomorrow, the next day, you know what I mean? But um, um, you got the great, great mindset, Brandon. Um, I'm taking it all in from you. Why the name branded 78? Is there something behind that? So the philosophy that we always have and we continue to run with here at branded 78 is just to go and get started and not be paralyzed by thinking too hard about something or waiting for things to be perfect before taking action. So when it came down to a name, uh, and we're sitting there filling out, you know, official paperwork to create an incorporation. Um, we're like, well, we don't really have a name and we don't really care what the name is, frankly, because we care about the work. Uh, our mentality was very much like Nike didn't mean anything until the, the name Nike was built. Uh, so it's a quote, the name <laughs> in all of this, like the product doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, the product is everything. Basically, whenever we were starting out, the name is not what matters. So we were like, uh, I don't know, like we tossed out some like marketing name or words and th things of that nature. And somehow, I don't know, we got unbranded and then, uh, seven, eight was literally like, okay, well, we feel like we need a number in this name. <laughs> like, this is how low level, how much we didn't care. We're just like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe we should have a name, a number in this name. And uh, we were like, yeah, cool, good idea. Let's put a number in it. And then we're like, well, what number? Um, I don't know. What what numbers do you guys have in your birthdays? And we figured out that we all had seven and eight. And we're like, well, okay, so branded seven, eight. Cool, branded seven. I love eight. it. I love it. You know, you know, <laughs> like, I never like actually. That's how much we didn't care. Yeah, I mean, you're right, though, because, like, when you look at the big name brands, like, you know, Nike, Adidas, you know, you don't necessarily know, think of, you know, a name like Nike, you know what I mean? But uh, it makes sense. They have great product. Now you you know what Nike, right, stands for it. But that's that's brilliant, man. Marketing, we see so many people going out and trying to start up a company that they're so, they need all the branding to be perfect. Perfect. The, the perfect typeface. Um, we need business cards. We need the right colors and hex codes and we need a business, uh, we need like a mission statement and all sorts of other stuff. And it's like, those things are nice, but like we already kind of, because of the thorough discussions we've had for many, many hours, we already kind of knew those things and we're, we're not inventing anything. We're just taking our own philosophies that we'd been running with 
and the fact that we all really believe in those same philosophies, we're not convincing each other of them. We were just able to be ourselves to the point where certain documents that maybe we should have put together don't really matter because I never would have looked at them anyway. But like mission statements and things of that nature, we could have put together, but we didn't. Um, you know, it's just like we're seeing other people around us just be paralyzed by we got to look right. We got to look perfect. We have to launch and we need to look absolutely professional right. and like we got all our ducks in a row and then you have us over there maybe too haphazardly i don't know but we're just like we want to start the business and go like yeah that definitely makes sense or someone who's all about the product rather than you know the presentation and all this extra stuff you know you guys you guys just want to go and put out the best product product as possible does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> what the name is? Yeah. So is many that, companies spend the... all their time making themselves look good that they don't put any, hardly any effort into the product itself. Isn't the product they make the sure most important protected. thing? Isn't the product One the most? Think, like... So many people don't do that. <laughs> some people don't do. I mean, go look at some of the restaurants that maybe you go to. It doesn't matter if it's here in Lexington or anywhere. It's like you look at it and it's like, wow, the the space is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the customer service is pretty good. Uh, the menus are like, wow, look at this. Like the menus are incredible. It's like all the branding and all and the when you stuff, get the food, like, all man. the feels are here. When you get and then the you food. get the food and you're like, well, <laughs> you, you, all that we, matters is your product. The other stuff is cool, but we did, that doesn't get talked about a lot, man. <laughs> That's definitely true though. You know, yeah. you can go somewhere and you know, you walk in and you're like, oh my goodness. Like, why am I buying food from here? And then when you actually have the food, yeah. it's, a, it's a different experience, it's right? A different experience. Yeah. And know? I mean, you know, to, to make sure I don't sound like a complete hypocrite as somebody that's sitting here with all this fancy gear in, in this cool looking spot with a mic flag and everything else. Yeah, it's like, official. this was not day one. <laughs> this is day like, you know, 1200. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, eventually we got SM7B microphones. Eventually... As I had the capital on. to spend on something as menial as this. You as know? you go on. I'm the uh, same way. Eventually, yeah. we got a relationship here at Scenecast to be able to sit in a cool spot like this. You know, it, Eventually, those things happen. Yeah, you But gotta... those things only happen on the back of the success that we had early uh, with just starting, you know? Yeah. Talk about growing as you go on. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, I, I know so many people, you know, I mean, it, it depends because you have perfectionists who wanted to be perfect, you know, and there's nothing wrong right. with that from when you start out. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with growing as you go on, you know, because you get to learn and eventually, you know, get to where you want to be when in, the, in the long run. Um, So what motivates you? What motivates Brandon Arve, you know, to, you know, create this digital content for business and for uh influencers all over the world you know uh what what's the what's behind the motivation for you uh putting food and shelter and water in place for my family number one i think um you know a lot of times we get caught up in the vanity of things you know and it's like at the end of the day you strip all the vanity away it's like you got real human needs and responsibilities and it's like, sure, I would love for everybody in Lexington and Kentucky and the U.S. to know who I am, um, you know, to grow a brand or several brands to to help achieve that. But 
at the end of the day, it's like the success of the company. Um, it's always just put food on the table and take care of my four and a half year old, the one that's on the way and my wife, you know, congratulations. So at the end of the day, thank you. Like those are, those are the biggest motivators. Um, like anytime that we gain a new client, I think, wow, it's great success for our family. Anytime we lose a client, which I think we've lost like one, which is crazy for, you know, a three year run. We're still, yeah, that's that's (laughs) really good. Turn rates are real and we haven't uh, knock on wood. We haven't had to deal a lot with (laughs) churn rates. Um, now we will now that I said it, but, uh, (laughs) like, yeah, it's, I mean, those are like the biggest motivators. Um, again, if somebody were to leave, it's like the first thing I think about is like family, you know, um, also thinking employees, it's like making sure that they have what they need. want to make sure that they have food and, you know, money for their bills and like all those things. It's like some of those things are not necessarily my business, of course, but I care about people and the people that work hard to put food on my family's plate. So of course I want to return that favor and take care of them, you know? So anyway, yeah. it's like, I don't, first is always family, but then after that, it's like, you know, there's a lot of things I care about and what motivates me. Um, there's personal brand. there's being a human being and having a little ego and like, uh, you know, I feel especially now in such a social uh, society, like, sure. I would love for people to know who I am. Why, well, why does that really, like, I always try to dig deeper. Like, well, why does that really matter? You know, you, yeah, and go ahead. I think it all ends up back at this like existential thing of like, well, why do in today's society, why do we need people to know who we are? Well, so that we have, uh, opportunities, opportunities for what, for money. I mean, well, what's everybody doing right? Like at the end of everything, I think there's money and, but not money for the sake of money, but money because we know that capitalist society that we live in demands that we have money to buy food, <laughs> shelter, right. all the things. And then we like, we cover it up with all the vanity stuff of like, yeah, I want to have a $500,000 house or whatever. I want to drive whatever kind of car I want to wear, whatever kind of clothes. And it's like, those things are cool. Yeah. But I mean, how many times do we need to open up Twitter and we see, who was it just two days ago? Uh, was it Lil Keed that died? Yeah, 24 one of, years yeah, old. Yeah, I believe so. I'm like, how many times do we have to see people that have all the opportunity and money in the world? And whenever you strip that away, it's because that stuff doesn't actually matter. It doesn't really matter. Um, so anyway, those are those are some of the things that motivate me. What 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 has been the most challenging part? in the role that you play and what's been the most challenging part for you? Yeah. I think doing the work and also having enough bandwidth to think about what's next. Speaking of what's next podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, like there's and scaling a company. Um, we always hear of people talk about business in terms of like not working in the business, but working on the business. And it's like, that's a real thing. It's a real thing that I think business owners that are interested in building a real company have to contend with. A lot of people, they build a company like they actually just want to be freelancers forever because they think about money first and they price it in such a way that they're actually just freelancing and because they want the money 
they don't go out and hire help whenever they get too little bandwidth. So there's always the discussion of like, do I want to put the money in my pocket? Do I want to invest in something like a piece of gear? Yeah. Or do I want to hang on to this money for, you know, a rainy day fund? Do I want to invest this in people? So, and if I were to use it for people, okay, what are all the tasks that I do every single day? I think that's where I am right now is like really trying to scale people. Uh, we only get 24 hours in a day. There's nobody that can create more or less. Right. And so if you're going to spend six to eight sleeping, um, you know, eight hours, 10 hours, whatever days you want to end up working. And then the other time, you know, with family, I mean, that's how I choose to do it. It's like eight, eight and eight, basically. It's like, I want to work eight hours. I know there are a lot of, there were days where I've worked 24 hours, you know, two days in a row, whatever, many 17 hour type days, stuff like that. Right. And it's like, but I'm in a different season of life. I really don't like that term, but I'll use it here. <laughs> but I'm, in, I'm just in a place where it's like, I have other responsibilities and people that rely on me. And so yeah. I can't just sit out here and, you know, like me sitting here in the studio at 7.49 p.m. on a Monday is unusual right now because I'm usually at home playing Legos and playing in the backyard with our dogs and my four and a half year old. Like that's what I'm normally <laughs> doing right now. Um, I'm taking away your so, time. So, yeah, it's just different. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And it's like we only get choices. We can either sleep, we can do work things, and we can do personal things. Like you just got to figure out whatever ratio is right for you. And right now, all three are about evenly sized for me. And so that means starting to take some of the things off my plate as a business owner and being in the business and figuring out which ones should I continue to do? Which ones make sense for me to have more face time with clients because those relationships are important? Which ones are like the low hanging things that maybe somebody else can do? Um, you know, I think that's where a lot of people get paralyzed too is when it comes to hiring, they want to hire the perfect person. I need uh -huh. somebody that's at least as good as me or whatever. Uh, and then whenever that's like the discussion, then they never hire anybody because they think everybody's not as good as them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So who are some of the guys you would say or, you know, anybody in general, you know, that you're looking at that you try to take things from, you try to grow from um, any inspirations? I try to learn from literally anything. I mean, me too. I found <laughs> I try to pay attention to myself a little bit. I try to really be like self-aware as much as I can. Um, one of the things that I really loved about I think it was grad school that kind of taught me. Um, is like paying attention to the questions and the things that are actually not happening. So many times we pay attention to the things that are happening in the room. And I try to pay attention to the things that are not because I think there's a lot of clues there too. Um, but like one of the things in taking inventory of like, how am I feeling? What am I paying attention to these days? Last week I actually found myself... Um, like if I'm in the morning getting coffee or something like that, or driving in the car, I found myself turning on HBO Go or whatever it is, HBO Max. HBO Max, and, right. Yeah, and listening to stand-up comedy. And okay. what I, I always find that like what I end up consuming is the opposite of how I'm feeling about other things in life, which I think is really interesting. It's like if I feel stressed about something going on, I find that like what I'm consuming is the opposite to help balance that out. If that makes right. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So like I notice that like, you know, we have some client things going on, which are all great, 
but you ask like, what are things that you're learning or whatever? It's like, there's always new challenges of growth and we have some new proposals that are out there. So with new proposals and more work means, well, I'm not going to be able to add more hours to my day. So that means new people and new tasks and, you know, all the things I already said a few minutes ago of like, uh, what do I keep on my plate? What do I take off? Those are the things that are kind of my stressors at the moment as a business owner. So to combat that, I found myself watching something funny. <laughs> and not just funny for the sake of funny, but like somebody like a Dave Chappelle, yeah. uh, who's, who's making social comments all the time, of course. Whether you agree or not with the messaging, it's really fascinating the... I, I like to pick everything apart. I enjoy the content of what's being said, but I also like to pick it apart and like, well, why did he use that word here? Like what actually made that moment funny? Yeah. What made this moment a <gasps> kind of moment? Uh, why is he talking about this? What isn't he talking about here? Uh, so anyway, just picking that kind of stuff apart, I guess the comedic parts I pick apart. Um, somebody like Bill Maher, uh, who's really popular back, I think, specifically in the 80s and 90s, but he still has a show on HBO called Real Time. I'm okay. listening to his political commentary about stuff, and uh, I always find it fascinating because he has a panel of people that don't think like him. And so you get this interesting little dialogue between him and others, and just like, I think of that as a political kind of thing and picking that apart a little bit in the relationships because politics is all relationships. So uh, <laughs> really trying to understand if somebody brings up a concept of something that I don't really understand that viewpoint because I don't believe that. Right. I really try to put myself in their shoes and go, okay, I don't really believe that at all and I disagree with them, but how can I put myself in a position to understand what they're, where they're coming from here? Exactly. And so I bring all this up to say, like, I think all of that informs everything I do with the Lexington Business Show, with how I present myself here, like sitting here cross-legged. I could sit here in a thousand different ways, <laughs> but I think about presentation, you know, I'm sitting there watching these different shows and like, why does Kevin Hart come out and he starts with a five minute thing with his kids in their house? Uh, I forget the name of the show, but it came out during COVID. Uh, it's like the one I that he recorded in his home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I actually watched that this morning. Yeah, yeah. So like watching that, I'm like, okay, what are the differences between these comedians? How about their comedy and what they say? Kevin sitting here poking fun of at he's, himself about certain things that have happened to him in the past and how he's kind of grown and matured as a comedian and a, a father and all these things. It's like taking all of that stuff and throwing it into a big pot and being like, well, what can I learn from this stuff? Very, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. as a marketing person that's out here doing stuff for, for clients. I mean, I take it personally that we're doing the best job that we possibly can, that we're marketing to people that aren't necessarily thinking like us. Uh, I'm not, you know, I, there are certain products in the world that I'll never need. I mean, imagine if somebody hires me to sell tampons. That's a real thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I'll, I'll never be in a biological position to ever understand how that, like what that means. Yep. So how do I put myself in, in positions to really understand an audience that I can't understand? 
Um, makes sense. It makes or sense. Sympath- I can sympathize, but not empathize because I'll never be in that position. Yeah. So I think always challenging my own beliefs, reaffirming what I know, uh, always that kind of stuff, I think ends up showing up in the work. Yeah, I think. And so uh, whether I do that intentionally or unintentionally, I have no idea. I get a lot of enjoyment out of picking those things apart. And I that's know great. my wife hates me picking everything apart because yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's just how great. I am. That's but great. I feel like that's what makes a lot of the things successful that we've been able to accomplish. Yeah, it seems like you you try to learn from absolutely everything. I love it, though. I love it. You're very technical. You want to pull pull pieces from anything you see, anything you come across. I mean, that's that's actually genius. I mean, <laughs> that's how you do it. But again, like you asked earlier about experience. It's like yeah. I feel like that's where that comes from is it's writing papers for a master's thesis you turn the thing in, you feel great about it. And then you get it back from a committee and they think it's garbage yeah. <laughs> or whatever. And then you figure out why. Well, because you didn't think about a whole host of things that you maybe you should have thought about. Like the, why wasn't this there? Why wasn't, what weren't the questions being asked? Right. All those things I mentioned, it's like, that was experience. That was, I went through, I have, I made this up. I don't know what the real situations were, but I know that I went through them where it's like, not knowing what to ask or missing the right questions to ask or not, you know, like not really digging deep enough. Yeah. And so through those experiences, I've been able to bring that here and really kind of, uh, it's brilliant. Go even further. That's brilliant. Using your past experiences to continue to grow and get better as you go on and apply to your everyday life. That's sensational. My man, um, Brandon, I want to talk to you. Appreciate it. You, you already talked a little bit about your Lexington business show. Um, uh, I want you yep. to ask you as a host to another host, um, what are some of the main things that okay. you've learned, you know, from your guests so far? You know, I know you're, you're three seasons in, so you, I mean, you've talked to a, a great amount, a huge amount of people so far. So what are some of the, the things that you've learned from these people? I think uh, a through line or whatever you want to call it, a trend that I've noticed just, <laughs> I've had everybody on the show from Eddie Russell, who's a master distiller at wild Turkey to rich Redmond. Who's a drummer for Jason Aldean band. Um, that's right. To Ken Coleman, who's one of the, the Ramsey personalities at the Dave Ramsey show and everything going on there. Uh, so these are like big international names. But then I've also had mom and pops that everybody in Lexington would know and everybody in between. And I think the through line with all of them, no matter what level, what industry or anything, is just like there really is just such an unbelievable amount of opportunity out there. And all you have to do is try. It's like there really is nobody out there to knock you down and keep you away. Now, I say that very broadly. I understand there's certain systemic things and, you know, certain situations, of course. There are a lot of things that are barriers to success. Right. Um, but it's always trying to find how can I make this thing that's a barrier not be the excuse to keep me down? What can I do to work within and around that barrier? Um what can I learn from running into that barrier to maybe run around it now or overcome it in some way? Uh, 
what uh, I mean, I look at like Rich Redmond. It's like he's been playing drums with Jason Aldean for 25 years or whatever. They were best friends before they were signed, before they were playing, you know, hmm. Rupp Arena, before yeah. Jason Aldean is the, one of the biggest names in country music. Um, there's this actual friendship there, you know? It's like, what can I learn from that? Uh, it's like, know, like, have confidence in what you're doing. I mean, Jason, uh, sorry, Rich is a fantastic drummer. He could have played with anybody, but yeah. he decided to stay with Jason. It's like, well, why? Because he had confidence in the product they were putting out musically, and they put themselves in the right situations to have the right relationships to be able to cultivate the right brand for themselves that's marketable and get themselves in the right places to be able to get a record deal uh, to be who they are today. So that's something I could learn from like that particular instance. You have somebody like Eddie Russell that I mentioned, master distiller at Wild Turkey. His dad, Jimmy, uh, was, I think, the original. Um, I, I forget the right way to term this. I'm going to say it the wrong way, but he's basically like the original uh, master distiller out there. I know oh. I said that wrong. Sorry, bourbon people. Um, <laughs> But like we're in, we were in Eddie's office recording with him talking. When we were done with episode, we went next door to the next office, and Jimmy was in there, so we got to meet him. Oh wow! Um, in the episode, we were talking about Eddie's son being the one to be groomed right now to come up and be the next master distiller. So he would be the third master distiller in their family of this major international brand. Everybody on earth knows who Wild Turkey is. Yeah. And um, so just there's something very humble and uh, familiar. If you get in a room with those, well, really the two guys, so I didn't meet the son. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like sitting in a room with, you know, I don't know. You go to any restaurant and you look over and you see an older gentleman. And it's like, yeah, those the same kind of people. Like, you know, they had big positions with a major brand and it's like, you would never know it to talk to them. Just really nice and down home. And I think there's a lesson we learned there. It's like, uh, you know, just treat people with respect and like you would want to be treated and it doesn't matter at what level you, you rise to. It's, you know, everybody deserves that same level of humility. Um, in the conversation. Um, yeah. And it's just like, it's really fascinating to just look at the personalities that are out there. There are a lot of people like Eddie, who's very quiet yep, and soft spoken, different. Um, but somehow he's like running this crazy, well was <laughs> because they sold the company, but was running this major international brand. Isn't it crazy? Um, yeah, and then you have other people that are like just loaded and full of energy and bright, and crazy over the top, yeah. and they also are able to do that. And it's just it's kind of wild to see. And what I take away from that that difference is just anybody can do this because there's not like one. I don't I don't really see any in the guest chair. I don't see like oh every single person is blank, high energy. That, no, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. All sorts of energy. All sorts of, you know, various genders and ethnicities and religions and heights and weights and like uh, southern accent, northern accent, midwestern accent, um, some other sort of accent from another country. Uh, you know, it's like 
literally you look around and it's like, man, this is the perfect melting pot of a group. And I think the lesson, if you're paying attention enough, is just like literally anybody could do be, it. Could uh, maybe not could do it, but put themselves in a position. in a position to to, do it. to create opportunities. You know. Yeah. Um, and really, I, th I think it really just starts with like having confidence in yourself, because if you're not your biggest cheerleader, then nobody is going to be out there. For you. <laughs> I think that's the most important part about the part of it <laughs> is the confidence. So if you're not going to I mean, yeah. if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? I mean, it starts with you. Yeah, I mean, you're you're pretty much customer number one, right? It's like yeah. nobody else is. I, I don't know if that's the right way. Customer number one. But like, you know. You conceptualize the thing and put it together and everything else. It's like you're the one that knows everything about everything. You you have to be the biggest you cheerleader. Have, yeah, exactly. It's yours. Yeah. That, I mean, how else is anybody else going to buy into what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. That made that. I mean, that makes sense. And the shit. Um, but uh, great advice. But I want to ask you this. Um, any tips for the younger generation who's, you know, looking to you know, start their own business or, you know, head them into the marketing pathway or in any way, in any, any specific field, whether it's sports, you know, music, you know, business, yeah. you know, share some tips. Man, my brain just went to about eight different places. So I don't know if I'm going to remember <laughs> all of them by the time I go down some of these rabbit holes. That's one of the biggest things with me is like, uh, hopefully anybody listening to this, like, can follow what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like my brain goes in so many different directions because I'm always considering as many sides as I can. And it, yeah, what I I'm mean, about to say, it's great um, to listen I'm, to though. I I'm mean, a, like you can just sit back and I'll, I'll just listen okay, to you well, all good. day. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning, man. Well, like, I appreciate it. Okay, good. <laughs> um, that, and this is sort of an aside and this is like the perfect kind of meta moment, but it's like, I remember being in seventh grade. Um, this is this is a heavy one, just for a second, a heavy statement. That's fine. So in seventh grade, we I remember <laughs> being in English class. And it was, I mean, this is like a racially motivated thing, and I'll say it. So I remember being in South Carolina. Okay. I lived in a mile and a half or so away from Fort Jackson, the country's largest training facility for the military. So all of my friends looked like every color of the rainbow. I mean, everybody was born in Germany and San Francisco, whatever, black people, Latino people, right? Like, right? Um, I mean, think about the American military and the makeup of, of that institution. Those were the kids I went to school with. And I remember there being this just old crotchety white teacher named Mrs. Anderson, or sorry, English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and she just... Like, this is just one of those things that I didn't pay attention to because I was in seventh grade and didn't know, you know, I'm a kid. Uh, but now it just drives me nuts that it even happened. But I remember she would always make fun of the the black guys in our class because they would say, ax. Like, ask me a question or whatever. And it's like, we we know as mature people that there are dialects and there's different pronunciations and I... It, dialect there's another word to dialect that i can't remember but um you know there like that word is actually it's it's a cultural like pronunciation i forget anyway there's like a technical thing there that i can't remember but like anyway it was just that moment of her making like calling them out in class 
that I remember that me is the white kid in the room that didn't say X, and I always said ask, that I felt like I was on edge to say anything wrong. Mm. And I just remember it being such a weird class that like that was such a and this is not meant to be like a race discussion. It's a pronunciation thing. That's right, really right. where I'm going with this. So hopefully <laughs> that's coming across. <laughs> um, but it was just like, I remember that being a very poignant moment where I became very careful in the words that I said, because I didn't want to be the next kid getting called out. Like some of these other kids were getting called out. And so like that class has always stuck with me about saying the right words. Opportunities everywhere. If you look for it and you make it, uh, you have to really, and I think experience is maybe the only way to figure this out by trial and error. Another piece of advice, speaking of a market, is like, I mean, everybody knows that like business solves problems. And if you don't really solve a problem, then you don't really have a business. Hmm. And so <laughs> the other part of that, though, is like just because you're seeing other people doing something similar or almost literally the same as what you want to do, doesn't mean you can't also do your part of that, your version of your that. Version, your that version. That just means that they're proving there's a market for what you're doing. I mean, think of how many energy drinks are out there. I mean, there's so many out there because all those companies believe like, oh, well, there's a market for this. I can just make my version of it. Heck, I just saw a Skittles flavored energy drink. Like, it's, what? it's crazy what you can do, <laughs> you know? Like, like yeah, that, that version of an energy drink is interesting. I mean, there's a million things out there that all have niacin and caffeine and all the same kind of stuff inside, right? But it's how you present it, what it's it looks version. like, the yeah. lifestyle that you market it as. Those are the things that are different, and that's why there's opportunity there. At the end of all of this, to bring it back around to what we kind of started with, was like, why, what motivates me? That was one of your questions. Right. It's like attention. Attention. Well, wow. Why does attention motivate me? Well, so that I can create opportunities. If I have attention, that means people see what I'm doing. They know what I'm up to. They, they know how they can partner with me. They know what they can bring to the table with a, a business relationship or even a you know, personal relationship, whatever. Um, they know what they can bring and they know what I bring. And that all helps to create new opportunities. Well, what do we care about opportunities for? Again, for some people that's the, the ego thing of like, well, I just want to be seen it as successful. Is that bad? No. Is that good? No. It's just like the right thing for them, right? Yeah. For me, it's like creating as many opportunities as possible to do the right thing financially and pay off student debt and things like that. Be able to invest in things so that I can have money to feed my family and take care of them. So if I, if I keep digging down, that's where all of that really comes from. It's to understand the art of attention. And I think that's the biggest thing probably for, for anybody that's alive. It's not the next generation. It's for any generation of 2022. If you're breathing, you need attention of some sort so you can create, op create opportunities for yourself for whatever your goals happen to be. I think it's genius. I don't, <laughs> that's just genius. That's a genius mindset, you know, uh, picking up on, a, picking up on the smallest things, you know, cause everything happens for a reason in the, in the long run. People, nothing is rent done randomly. Don't, don't believe it. Like everything is there yeah. for a reason. There's always meaning behind something, you know, we're so caught up you yeah. know, in not looking at the smallest details that we just walk right past it and we don't understand that there's meaning behind it. There's there's right. stuff that 
I think something that in the last few years that's been interesting when you talk about like advice to people, it's to understand that human beings are basic. We've had the same brain for a hundred thousand years. Yeah. We're still very emotional as much as uh, some of my clients and friends believe a hundred percent that we're all going to be remote workers. I absolutely do not think that that's true. I think we have Airbnb who just went to a hundred percent remote work. Every single person that works at Airbnb has to work from home now. Yeah, I've noticed that. And because of the kind of job market that we have, companies have been convinced that, oh, remote work is 100% where everybody wants to be because they want to live the life that they want and they don't want to have to come to the office. I think that's true for a lot of people. But I think what's going to end up sussing itself out over 18 months, if it even takes that long, is what we saw during covid and this is my, this is why I pick apart goofy stuff like the grocery store, because again, people are basic. Patterns that happen over there are going to happen over there, and they're going to happen <laughs> over there. Why? Because we're basic, and the same thing happens everywhere, whether we see it or not. A lot of times, it happens at a tiny scale, and a big, big scale, scale in a way that we that are happening, but we're not really paying attention to it. So. Like during COVID, for example, we had all these people that almost everybody's working from home, right? Right. Pretty much everybody, unless yeah. you're an essential worker. Which, So we saw people do that. We saw the market change immediately because it had to. Then we saw people going back to work. Now we see people claiming that they want to work from home forever. But then they forgot that they also had the conversation with themselves that, oh my gosh, I, I need to get out of this house. I'm so sick and tired of sitting here. <laughs> It's like, how are you the same person that eight, you know, 12 months ago was so sick and tired of working at your house, you got to get out and be around people. Right. That now, oh my gosh, I just only want to work from home. Like that doesn't even begin to make sense. So I think what's going to end up happening is all those people that are like, I want 100% work from home. I think a vast majority of them are going to be like, okay, I'm going to walk it back. I really need a few days in the office because there's just something. I had this conversation with, with Cash Daniel, right. uh, I think on Friday. I don't know if, yeah. if you know Cash. I know who but Cash Daniel is. linebacker yeah. at UK. So Cash and I, we work out of here all the time. And it's been a while since I actually listened to the podcast or watched <laughs> it. But, like, again, you talk about experience and influences and, and things. It's like those are things that I bring to the table in my thinking in anything that I do, you know, in particular with client work. But... It, it's how do we how do we take things that are seemingly disconnected, unconnected, and connect them? Um, and I, that's why, like through that exercise of trying to connect humans to different things, that's why I figure out that like people are kind of basic. Yeah. We're not very different from each other. When I talk about the Bill Maher political discussion, we see things happening on the news right now and our politics and whatever that like feels like we're super divided and super crazy off from each other. It's like if we if we tamper some of this rhetoric down and we look under the hood at each other, it's like, you know, the goofy phrase that people say, like, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. It's like that crap is so true. It's like we're we're just people yeah. made of, you know, the same stuff, carbon stardust, as they say. Right. Yeah. Um, we all got to eat. We all got to drink stuff to make sure our body is going to do what it needs. We exactly. all have the same needs as far as shelter. We all hate getting soaked in the rain. Uh, we're all scared of spiders and flying in planes. And, you know, like, 
doesn't matter where you are in the political spectrum or race or religion. Like we share all of those things in some way. So if we would like strip away some of this stuff and we would be a little bit more sympathetic towards each other yeah, and understand that like somebody that completely thinks differently than you, if you try to put yourself in their shoes, you're going to see so many similarities. <laughs> that's why, that's why I feel like I'm rambling and going down different rabbit holes because this is all kind of the same discussion, you know, and it, it's, it's crazy. Like, we're all so basic and that's why, um, that's why marketing principles apply everywhere, just in slightly different ways. Yeah. Uh, that's why, yeah, I, I don't know. It, we're just so damn basic. Yeah, <laughs> and I just encourage basic. anybody to go and pay attention to the patterns happening around you and you'll see them. And by picking up on those patterns at the small level and the big level, um, I think that will help you just kind of maybe not answer questions and probably make you end up with more questions than you had before. Um, but you know, like just to learn more about yourself and where you stand on certain things. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, all humans are trying to figure out like, where are we, what are we for? Where do we come from? All yeah. that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't have any answers for any of that stuff. Like I said, I've unloaded way more questions than I have answers <laughs> for, but it's like the I don't more, know if, ever, if we ever get answers for them. The more you dig, the the more you dig, the deeper you dig, the more questions you have. <laughs> yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, I think to maybe top off exactly what I was saying a moment ago is just like I I see this with my four and a half year old. It's like it's really fascinating think about thinking about people in general um, through the lens of dealing with a four and a half year old, or I mean, even when he's six months old or two years old, um, you start figuring out just how much of an impact you as a parent have on this human being that he's laughing at what you're laughing at. <laughs> he's repeating the words that you say. He's repeating words that he hears on TV. He's identifying things in the room because they're in the room. He's, he's only two. Like he's not going to be able to figure yeah. out that like, Oh, there's this thing over there, but I can't see it. He's only a product of the environment, literally the physical environment you and the it. emotional environment. That you product of the in. environment. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. So whatever is in the room, he's going to learn about whatever the words are in the room, whatever the physical objects are in the room, he's going to learn about how you engage with those things in front of him is how he's going to learn. He should engage, engage with that thing as well. So literally kids are a, a direct mirror and reflection of the things and the people around them. And so if we don't like those things, then we have to change how they're being brought up. That's where it starts. Because <laughs> that's it. That's where it starts. So yeah. Um, you know, um, so that's why I think, you know, we being aware of yourself, being aware of others, understanding patterns, understanding how to create opportunities for yourself, how to leverage the privileges and benefits that you have in your life, how to sympathize and empathize at times with people that don't have them. Right. Um, understand your role within that and yeah definitely yeah. man so 
feeling very philosophical today. I'm not very <laughs> articulate. So. So we do. So we do. And what's next, man? We we let we let you say what you got to say. Um, but speaking of what's next, um, Brandon, what's next for you, man? What, yeah. what you got planned? Well, in the short term, just go home and remember what my family looks like today. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here with you. Um, <laughs> and I certainly don't mind. That's not a... No. Nah. Um, and yeah, I mean, in the, the long term, I've had probably four or five people in the last month ask me like, what's the three-year outlook for whatever, Branded 78, the podcast, whatever it is. And right now, I feel like I'm in that place where it's like, there's not a definitive path just because life changes quickly. Exactly. Um, I feel like COVID has done that a little bit, kind of built in a little bit of just like more going with the punches. Yeah, it's pretty unpredictable. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I can't imagine that we would ever get shut down like we were before, but I think it's one of those lingering things in a positive way of like, I think before we were really soft in such an environment where it's like, yeah, we can plan out 25 years at a time because that's how stable things are. You know, there's fluctuations in, yeah. uh, in the economy and there's things going on socially and, you know, all sorts of other things happening. But whenever you look under all of that, there was a lot of stability. But then whenever you take something like global pandemic and it shakes up literally every person on earth, it kind of lives with you a little bit, you know? And so that's why I feel like coming out of it, rolling with the punches is something that I definitely have kind of like just absorbed even more. Yeah. Um, in a good way, I think. I mean, we have a lot of growth happening. There's some really exciting things that are coming down the pipe that can't be talked about today, but they, you know, um, a lot of good stuff that I wouldn't have known are happening to help evolve the podcast, to help evolve branded 78 into things that we're able to do and to do them at crazy high levels that I couldn't have anticipated six yeah. months ago. Um, those opportunities, again, being very vague because I have to be, but like opportunities at a, a national and international level don't happen if you don't put yourself in the right rooms with the right people yeah um creating your own opportunities yeah so it's like you know that's where i think school was really valuable for me was you know all of that studying all of that stuff going through practice rooms and traveling and all that stuff like prepared me to be able to to master those skills as best as i can anyway of creating opportunities and networking and sifting through the the noise out there to figure out, okay, what's really a path I should take with this? You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, one of my former partners continues to push me with branded 78 to, to dive deeper with sales and go do a lot more local selling. And I've always been the kind of person that's like, I want to have the biggest impact possible. I love working one-on-one with somebody and helping Mm. just a single person at a time. Right. I also love being in a position to be able to say something and help dozens or hundreds or thousands of people at a time. Um, And I love being everywhere in between. And so it's like, that's kind of how, if you want to call it the sales mechanism has been working. It's like, 
instead of going door to door figuratively and non <laughs> figuratively and like knocking on doors and being like, Hey, can we do your social media? Can we make content? For, hey, can we do this for you? Like, instead of doing that, which is what everybody else is doing. Yeah. This is kind of what I was alluding to before having confidence in yourself to know that what you're doing is the right path. Um, and doing things differently than other people is actually a good thing in a lot of ways, but you also have to know the difference between what is a, standard thing that's expected in your industry and what's okay to deviate from that's going to make you stand out in marketing. I don't, I don't get to make the rules about what a marketing funnel is. So that's like a standard, but when it comes to how do I sell my marketing stuff, right? That's where I get to deviate. I don't have to go door to door like other people I mean, could, um, but I choose not to make proposals or, uh, you know, knock on doors, like I said, and cold email people, cold call, cold walk in your business and try to hit you up and say, you know, I want to make content for you. I could do those things, but I choose to do it in a more meaningful way. That's a lot longer to come to fruition, but I think it's a lot more meaningful when it actually does. So like Absolutely. building those relationships with people that already have the audience that I want and need. I want the eyeballs of Lexington. I want the eyeballs of Kentucky. I would love the eyeballs of the US. Well, how do I get those? Well, do I go pay money for a Super Bowl ad? Well, no. <laughs> so how do I do it? I go find other people that currently already have those eyeballs that I want. Yeah. So that's one of those things of like, it, you know, something that started as a business transaction that's turned into a real true friendship is like Cash Daniel. I heard that he needed help producing his podcast back in the fall. I think actually, I think it was July. Um, and so I just reached out and basically started producing his thing and us spending all that time together, you know, making his podcast and everything. We're like, we're good friends. We hang out here all the time. Like I said, yeah. Um, Cash is somebody that has equity brand equity in his name and his face. You know, he's on television. He's on the radio. He's, uh, you know, podcasting all the time and he's just doing all sorts of stuff. Um, so like he has an audience of Lexington that I wanted. So of course, you know, like that's, it sounds selfish no. and I totally know that because like one thing it. I also think about all the time is like, it feels selfish to say out loud. It feels selfish to think in my head like, Oh, you have an audience that I need. I'm going to just hang out with you. It's like, well, it's selfish if there's nothing else to it, I think. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm careful with the people that I choose to align myself with. Right. Because we really do need to be friends. We do need to align in our beliefs and in business and in life. And, you know, certain things like don't have to align. Exactly. But it's like, yeah. you know, it, if I have what you need, this comes back to the like filling of a need. For business right you have to actually serve a purpose and if you don't what are you really doing here it's like cash needed what i needed or what i have in my ability to create content for him and he has what i need an audience that i wanted as far as you know my business stuff uh did we both get what we needed i think so um but we also on top of that we got a great friendship and so now we rely and tap each other for stuff yeah as yeah, much yeah. as we can same thing with like Todd Lanter. It's like Todd was a guest on the show. We sat at Jeff Ruby with his girlfriend, Maria Montgomery. Right. And um, like 
we just sat in there recording the show together and Todd was like really infatuated with all the gear that we had for the show. And like we kept in touch talking about podcasting and stuff. He's got a podcast called Seat 14 Podcasts. Okay. Where he interviews like NBA players and former players cool. from UK and stuff. And so like what started is me helping him produce his show and give some some ideas and things for for equipment and how to set it up and, and do this kind of thing broadcast. Um again turned into like, well, Todd has an audience of people I I would like and Todd's a really cool dude. We love hanging out, talk about gear. And we also developed a friendship. And it's like those mm-hmm. thing those three things kind of happen together at the same time, you know? Networking. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah. And now it's like these relationships are blossoming and putting me in rooms with really interesting people I never would have been able to be be in a room with. It's right. like um Cash is gonna have a backstreet boy on his wow. podcast September sixth, whenever they're here in Lexington. Um it's like I'm gonna be standing eight feet that direction <laughs> behind the camera recording him sitting on this couch with a backstreet yeah. boy. Yeah. And it's like what other opportunity would I be able to be in that kind of room? Now, does that mean I expect to have a relationship with this guest and yeah. do something yeah. directly with it? No. But uh, you know, there are plenty of other people that come through. Who knows? Maybe there is some some sort of thing that I can help with, especially if they're going to be here in town. Maybe we go make a free video for them. Exactly. And maybe that does something. Yeah. You know, it's like it's all relationship building. Yeah, it's all carefully working. crafting uh, who you're in the room with. Again, you know, your your reputation matters. Um, your brand, your reputation is your brand. Yep. So it's like, I would like for branded 78 to be elevated, to be associated with great things Yeah, why, why with not? great people. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, all of those things come in, in together to, uh, to kind of highlight like what's next. It's like, continue to do those things. Yeah. There's not anything different. I don't think it's like, just continue to, uh, to stay true to what we know and continue to put ourselves in rooms with interesting and people that have an audience of what we need to continue helping them get what they need as far as helping them out, build real meaningful relationships, not just something superficial. Yeah. Um, it's like, I don't know where those things always lead. So that's why I don't have a definitive answer, but it's always (laughs) creating content. I know what you're saying. Wherever content moves. I mean, if Meta decides, like if Facebook and Instagram decide that they're going to just shut down tomorrow because they can't exist because TikTok is too good, cool. Then we're all in on TikTok, TikTok. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like content. I mean, we do all sorts of stuff, podcasts, YouTube, social media stuff, websites. Content is a lot of different things. It's written word. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So like as far as like direction for the company, it's create content wherever people are that's again under the guise of attention our clients need attention they need customers to know that they exist so they can walk through the door and buy what they do yeah yeah it's all connected i love it and you're using networking that's networking that's a perfect example of networking man uh i'm amazed but you know you're an intelligent mind you got it. You got the right mindset and you're headed in the right direction. I'm and I'm, you know, I'm I'm extremely excited to see where your podcast and your your uh your production, your production company goes in the future. Um uh, I'll keep my eye out, ladies and gentlemen, if yeah, you I haven't already. 
Um, you can check out Lexington Business Show. You know, just search it in Google. You know, uh, listen to some episodes, and you can also uh, watch on his Instagram, um, Lexington. I don't have the exact tag, but I'm sure Brandon knows it. <laughs> if he wants the what's the what's that the handle? Yeah, it's literally the... Lexington Business Show, all one word. Yeah, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Check that out. You know, it, on Instagram. Yeah um brandon arve you know thank you for coming on man it's been an absolute pleasure man getting to know your story um i'm really looking forward to see what you're gonna be doing in the future man i i'm, I'm a huge fan I, you know we talk about this I off camera, it. so you you know you know how i'm feeling yeah um, but uh ladies and gentlemen make sure you oh, hit yeah. that like button and subscribe button as well um, so we can continue to give you more content you know, content is key, like my man said, Brandon. <laughs> content is the, it can be anything, you know, websites, videos, reels. Um, we will be having a lot of, a lot of reels on uh, the great information that Brandon has, you know, given us. Um, so uh, we want to thank Brandon for coming on here, man. It's been a pleasure. Well, and I appreciate you letting me come on here, Rio. Uh, you did a great job on our episode together and Spin the Block. Yeah. The- uh, collaborative project with Big Blue Peddler, literally riding through downtown, recording together, sitting on the the party bike, basically just like through rush hour. I mean, uh, lunchtime traffic. Um, even had a buddy of mine. I had no idea, but he was in the car behind us, out in front of the uh, courthouse. He took a picture of us sitting up there. And That's smoked. right. That's <laughs> right, man. What um, what yeah, an experience. It's it kind of funny. It's like. Yeah, I, always trying to find interesting different ways to deliver. You know, it's like I, I said that earlier, right? Like there are certain things you that are staples and certain things that you can do that are different right. to call attention to yourself. And it's like, well, you know, as a podcast is two people sitting there talking to each other. So, you know, whatever. That is what it is. You can't really change that. But uh, where it happens on a bike going through town during traffic and seeing people like that is what I can control. And that's something different that I think we can bring and stand out, you know? So there's another example of that kind of in practice, but anyway, thank you again for letting me come on here and uh, kind of ramble all the things that go on in my head all the time. Uh, I'm always just thinking about literally all that stuff. I found that that's what's made me successful and become where I am. It works for me doesn't work for anybody else i'm sure and that's fine uh but (laughs) i love what you're doing and bringing these kind of conversations from interesting people from all over uh you know lexington's a great town there's a lot of a lot of fascinating people here with stories that we don't have any other way of knowing about for the most part unless people like you and i are out there to try to tell them and i appreciate you um being in that community to try to tell them and and doing it in a positive way. You know, there are a lot of people out there, especially today, we look at some of the, the things on the news where there's a lot of negativity. negativity. I think you have a really positive platform to help combat that. And I think that's awesome. So keep going. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, hit that like and subscribe button. Brandon Arve, thank you for coming on. And that's all we got for today, ladies and gentlemen. So stay tuned. For more episodes and exclusive content, subscribe to What's Next with Rio. Thank you.